0: Hi, I'm Kate Knuth, and I'm running for Mayor Minneapolis. Welcome to Courage for Our City. On this podcast, we're going to be hearing from courageous leaders all around Minneapolis who are helping to make our city better. We're going to talk about how better mayoral leadership is part of what we need to move Minneapolis forward. And we're gonna be talking with Minneapolis leaders every week from now until the election on November 2nd. I'm running for mayor Minneapolis because meeting this historic moment in our city requires a mayor who asks all of us to step forward with courage to build a city that works for everyone. Let's jump into the conversation. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Courage for Our City. Before we jump into the conversation, I have a few updates and news items that I want to share with you. First of all, the council put forward and passed language for our public safety charter amendment in the city. Unfortunately, they had to pass it a couple of times because Jacob Fry vetoed it. But the council was successful in overriding his veto. And I am excited for our city to have the tools and foundation to really dig in on building a holistic public safety system that also includes police. We've had a busy week in the campaign and it keeps ramping up and getting busier. We had evening office hours at Headfire Brewing. It was in Ward 3 and we were joined by Council Member Steve Fletcher. I stood in solidarity with Window Cleaners and SEIU Local 26 downtown. They're currently striking for safer labor conditions as well as better pay. I got to visit an affordable new build, sustainable home in Northeast and see a real climate solution in our city in action. We visited the Hope Community Food Giveaway at their community garden and saw a wonderful project underway there. We had a volunteer happy hour with lots of people out getting excited about volunteering for Kate for Minneapolis and the White on Rice podcast that I joined came out last week. So you should check that out as well. All right. Today's conversation is all about how much we love Minneapolis. And I am really excited to be joined by two wonderful guests who are both deeply connected to our city and connected to my campaign. Nestor Gomez Jimenez is my campaign chair. He moved to Minneapolis to go to the University of Minnesota and has been an organizer in our city for years. Betty Tissell probably doesn't need a lot of introduction to many in Minneapolis. She is my campaign treasurer and has lived in Minneapolis all her life. And frankly, she's just all around the most wonderful person you can imagine. I'm really excited to talk with her today. So today's theme on the podcast is that, you know, in Minneapolis, we may be divided over our view of public safety and policing path forward. But at the root, we all want the same things in our city. We want a prosperous city in Minneapolis where everyone is safe, has basic stability and opportunity. We don't always agree on the details about how to get there, but there is so much we agree on, and at that foundation is what we love about our city. Over the coming weeks, I'll be unveiling more of our plans for a shared Minneapolis vision. But today, we're starting with a basic foundation, and that is that we all love Minneapolis. So I'm going to jump right into the conversation, and I'll start with you, Nestor. My first question's a pretty simple one. What do you love about Minneapolis?
1: Good morning, Kate. I'm happy to be here. And I love Minneapolis for being such a bike-friendly city. I love to bike. It's so good for my health. It's so good for my mental health. And I think that's one of the best things that the city has to offer, Uh, the greenway, bike-friendly streets. And it's such a a cool place to live in.
0: I love that answer. My family also loves to bike. And one of our favorite things to do, uh, I have a daughter who will be five next month. And we have a family cargo bike. She calls it her bucket bike. And, you know, there. I don't know if there's a more joyful way to get around the city than pedaling with a four-year-old in front of you, waving at everybody and smiling and just enjoying the beautiful city that we have. Betty, you grew up here in Minneapolis. You've lived here your whole life. You've been involved in so many things in Minneapolis. What do you love about our city?
2: Well, first I'll say hi. And then, I need to start with the incredible people here. I feel like there's this beautiful Venn diagram of folks from indigenous folks to people like my dad who moved here in the 30s to go to the university, like Nestor. And every year I meet new people that are part of communities that I haven't experienced before.
0: I love that. Some of the the best work that happens in our city is knitting together the many different people and groups and histories into this vibrant place that we are all so lucky we get to call home. I want to talk about what some of your favorite places are in this city. And when you think about places you like to go with your friends or family, where you like to spend time, what are some of those places you like to be? Betty, I'll start with you.
2: When folks visit, There's places we always take them no matter what. We always go to Minnehaha Falls. We usually go to Mercado Central or the Midtown Global Market on Lake Street. We often go to Sammy's Avenue Eatery on West Broadway. And then closer to home, I love taking folks to Butter Bakery Cafe and Common Roots. But no visitor with kids should miss the playground at Martin Luther King Park on 41st and Nicollet. It's a great playground dedicated to African-American inventors and the history of the civil rights movement. I was part of a group, the King Park Legacy Council, that helped make that playground happen. The playground wasn't supposed to be renovated for another 20 years, but we kind of pushed on the park board. And um, it's really cool. 41st and Nicollet. Check it out.
0: I love that last story, Betty. You sort of glossed over it. It wasn't supposed to change for about twenty years, but we pushed hard on it, and that—that to me is one of the things I love most about our city: is that people are so amazing at coming together and figuring out how to make our community better, and just pushing on it to make Minneapolis a better place for each of us. So, Nestor, what are some of the places that you love?
1: I love all the vegan and vegetarian places. I especially like Crepe and Spoon vegan ice cream. That's so good. I used to live over in Lauren Park, and the reason why I lived over there is because of the walker and the sculpture garden. It's so beautiful. And of course, I love East Lake Street. I mean, so many good taco places out there, you know, La Hacienda, you know, like you go out and come back at like 2 a.m. or 3 a.m., and La Hacienda's there with amazing tacos, you know, the, that pastor asada, and then you got your horchata. And, It's such a treasure of of Minneapolis for sure.
0: I think we might need to do a tour of all these favorite campaign volunteer places in Minneapolis. One of my favorite things to do, I'm just gonna throw it in there, is to go to the main Minneapolis farmer's market. I go every Saturday or Sunday, once a week, um, and I get my family's produce. I get scones from Terry. I get (laughs) their chocolate cherry scones every week. I get coffee. And we're actually hitting really peak farmer's market season. We've got ground cherries, the apples are starting to come in. I got some really beautiful golden raspberries last week that were just so sweet and delicious. And I just love how the farmer's market connects our city to communities all around. And you know, one of the things I learned is that half of the vendors at Minneapolis Farmer's Market are uh, Hmong farmers. And I think that's such a great connection that weaves us all together with culture and with food and with literally what's growing in the ground and what we are as a community are eating.
2: Hi, I'm Eric from the Como neighborhood. I left Minneapolis at 18 and I came back to my mid-30s, and that made me realize what a wonderful city this is. There are all kinds of people here who don't have that much in common, but who coexist
1: in a pretty loving and joyful way. I support Kate because I care about the climate. And also because I think she's the one who can make Minneapolis a more just place. I think she can help us make a city that feels
2: like home for everyone and where every single person has a literal home. Hi, I'm Kathy. I live in Prospect Park and I love Minneapolis because I have great friends and neighbors here. I'm voting for Kate because of the way she approaches policy and problem solving. As a scientist, she thoroughly researches each issue and talks with experts and community members before forming policies and opinions.
0: Betty and Nestor, one question I have for you as we are having this conversation is when you think about 2020 and the year we had in Minneapolis, and it was a pretty exceptional year, what's something that was surprising to you and how the city and city government stepped up as we moved through that year?
2: I guess I've been very surprised by the lack of visible change in policing and public safety. I know the challenges have been unprecedented between the pandemic and the murder of George Floyd, but I feel like more should have happened by now, and I feel like the disparities have been heightened. They were already pretty bad in our city. You know, if you just stick in my neighborhood, you might think everything's hunky-dory most of the time, except when your catalytic converter goes missing.
0: Yeah. You know what, Betty, I I really appreciate that answer because I think when you talk about, yes, it was unprecedented with the pandemic and the murder of George Floyd and the uprising and unrest, but the thing about transformative change, which we frankly need, given the racial disparities, given the unfairness in policing, given, given the rise in community violence, these are the kind of moments where you can do bigger things. So it's extra disappointing that... The mayor has not pushed us to do more, that he's been so, frankly, absent and kind of behind the scenes and not engaging in the kind of conversation and work that would help us meet this potentially transformative moment, not just with small around the edges change, because I think status quo right now Minneapolis is not the path to a safer Minneapolis. We need to dig in and really address the challenges we face. And I think people in Minneapolis are up to it but we right now don't have the leadership who is helping us make the progress we need. So Nestor, I'll turn it to you. What are some of the things or one thing that surprised you about what happened in 2020 and how the city responded? One, one of the
1: things that really surprised me was um, in 2020, when I moved into uh, the Powderhorn neighborhood, when we were touring the the apartment, we thought there was a, like a, a really cool event happening in Powderhorn. And it turned out to be like an encampment. I think it definitely opened my eyes and also like made me check my privilege. Another thing that I did see and have been seeing throughout 2020 and 2021 is the lack of engagement by the current mayor. Jacob is like missing. He's not showing up. He's not listening. You can really see that through the catastrophic like failure of coming in like really early in the morning and taking down and shutting down. George Floyd Square. Another example is not even showing up to forums. If you want to lead a a city, you got to show up. And that says a lot about his character, his leadership, and what he thinks about the city.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for that. I I think as a leader, as I have served in and sought public leadership over my career, one of the things that I, I hold is that I may not have every answer, as an elected leader or as a public leader. But the thing that I can always do and that I should be expected to always do is to show up and figure it out and to ask the questions, to bring the people together, to help us forge the way, especially when it's not easy, especially when there's that conflict. And that's the kind of leadership I think Minneapolis residents are hungry for. I think it is leadership that city residents will respond to. We have the foundation of what it will take to meet this moment in our city and to make a progress towards a more racially just and a safer and a more resilient city. And I'm excited about doing that work with both of you through the rest of this campaign and even more excited about doing it as mayor as we have the possibility of making a Minneapolis that we know is possible and that we dream of and and together we can do the work of making that our city's reality. So, Finally, the the question I wanted to ask you, we talked about what you love, what, what you're connected to now. What do you envision us building together as Minneapolis? And as we're working on this campaign and building towards this shared vision for a Minneapolis that works and is safe for every single person in it, what does that look like to you? How does that feel to you? What are you hopeful about with that vision of Minneapolis?
2: Well, as you know, things are pretty divisive right now. So I hope part of what we are building is more of a culture of listening and taking the time to be mindful of the perspectives of people who are not just like me, not just like people who are physically different from me, but also like the person on my block who has different lawn signs. I think, at least in my neighborhood, I think we have a kind of a tacit agreement that we're going to get through this, but listening is always going to help.
0: I love that perspective on the campaign and that you might have different lawn signs, you might have different views, but you're still all going to be neighbors. And I say one of the things getting to know you, Betty, that I have so appreciated is your love for our city just comes out about in the curiosity you show about people and about ideas and places. And that's something I really try to bring into my leadership is to not instantly judge, but rather to approach others' experiences and foods and ideas about our past forward with a sense of curiosity and possibility. And that's something that I think really helps us move through these, you know, frankly, pretty challenging times. So thanks for that. Thanks for that answer. Yeah,
2: Kate, I know that you're learning uh, with door knocking, like you never know who's behind that door and what life experiences they have and what they have to offer and what they need and what they want to share.
0: Yeah, it's actually one of my favorite things about the campaign, the door knocking part of the campaign, because exactly as you said, when I knock on a door and listen with curiosity and empathy, one of the greatest gifts I think people in the city give to candidates is their willingness to share their experience and their hopes and dreams and concerns. But it's something I try to hold with real grace and with real seriousness that people are sharing how they are experiencing our city and how they want us to see move forward. So it really is one of the best parts of the campaign is people's willingness to engage in that conversation, not just at a superficial level, but getting down really quickly to their experience in this challenging moment in our city. Let's turn it over to you, Nestor, on this question. When you think about what we're building for Minneapolis with this campaign and what you hope to take away at the end of all this work of the campaign and envisioning a Minneapolis that works for every person in the city, what are you hopeful about? What are you thinking about?
1: Yeah, I got involved in this campaign because I want to see the lives of people become better. I want to see a Minneapolis that can have opportunities for everyone, regardless of where they came from any situation right and a a city that can have its leadership or the mayor itself be transparent and not hide behind different officials we shouldn't be like asking for these things because like i almost like want that to be like a given like yeah we're a public entity and our goal as a city should be to really make the lives of people better and that's something that i don't see
0: You know, Nestor, as you say that, I think it's the most basic thing about our government and our democracy, and that is, at the core, government is about making people's lives in our community better. But even more than that, I envision government as a platform and a way for us to work together to build a better shared future for every person in the city. And you know, when I get asked about what do you hope after four years of a Knuth administration in the mayor's office, and I could talk about specific policies, I could talk about progress on public safety, on climate, but you know, the thing at the core that I most want is that people in our city, especially young people, especially black, indigenous, native, immigrant people, see our city government as a real partner in creating the kind of future they want for themselves and their family. So it's almost reestablishing the trust and belief that our city government is worth investing time in and because it is making our community better. And that's what I wanna build through my administration, through transparency, through joyful work, through connecting with folks all across the city. Um, I think to me, government at its best is how we figure out our shared life together. And I think too many in our community have lost a little faith that city government in Minneapolis is a place to do that. But I don't think it's too far gone. I think talking with folks in the city who are fighting hard to make it better and are building every day with their neighbors and community, we have what it takes to make a city government the place where we build a better future for every person in the city.
1: Absolutely, Kate. and that's one of the reasons why I'm in this campaign. And I and I support you because you have that vision and those values.
0: Well, thank you, Nestor. That's very kind of you to say. And I do want to say, I talked about door knocking as one of the great pleasures of the campaign. The other one that I really love is that we are building something really wonderful together with this team and with you, Nestor and Betty and so many volunteers getting out to listen to people, to listen to neighbors, to help us forge this path forward to a Minneapolis that is safe, that is resilient, that is racially just. And I really appreciate you both being a part of that. A campaign is in no way an individual effort. That is something I, I say to folks all the time. And it is both gratifying and humbling to have such awesome people um, involved in the campaign.
2: I mean, it doesn't feel this doesn't feel like a culminating comment. <laughs> but I am hoping that after the campaign, after please the pandemic subsides, that our amazing arts community can have a resurgence here, the likes of which we've never seen. Because um, when I think about all the theaters that are shuttered and all the concert venues that are quiet, it's just, it's really hard. And that's such an important part of what feeds our people. It's not just food. So um, I'm hoping that after the campaigns, after the election, after the pandemic begins to subside, that, that some of the things that have been so hard will begin to rebuild.
0: I love that, Betty. I think artists in our community and the culture that artists help us weave together as a whole is frankly going to help us make sense of every, As is already helping us make sense of everything we've been going through. And I think we'll be essential to us moving forward to heal from pandemic from racial injustice um and to actually create the Minneapolis that we really want to live in. Thank you both for your conversation today, for your belief in this campaign and the Minneapolis that we love and that we are building toward something even better and that's I think one of the things we really love about Minneapolis is that we don't accept a city that isn't working for everybody in it, where not everybody feels safe and has basic economic security. So we do the work of building a joyful community that works for all of us. We are excited to be launching into talking about what people love and what we love about Minneapolis. And this next week of the campaign, we're gonna be out at more meet and greets. We're gonna be out at coffee shops. We'll be out knocking on doors. I'm really excited to connect with folks Minneapolis is such an amazing city that I am loving getting more deeply connected to by having conversations with folks all over the city. And I look forward to being out and about and meeting you in your neighborhood and reach out to the campaign if you want to learn more. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation today on Courage for Our City. We're still building to Election Day, and we need your support to build our campaign. We need donations, volunteers, and of course, your number one choice vote. Beyond the election, I ask Minneapolis residents to join me. Together, we can step forward with courage to imagine and build a city that works for everyone. Thank you to Maddie Zampanti from Conceptual Podcasting for producing our show, and also shout out to Jeremy Messersmith for providing us with the theme music for our podcast. That's it for this episode. Tune in again next week.